Our scripture text this morning will be coming from the book of James. For those who have your Bibles, you want to turn there with us. The book of James. I'm going to turn my mic down just a little bit, just a little bit. I'll be reading from the book of James, chapter number three. The book of James, chapter three. And we'll begin reading in verse number one. When you get there, you can say amen. And it reads, my brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little members and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird of, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude or the image of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessings and cursings. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. Pray with me. Father, we do love you. We thank you, Lord, this morning. We stand in awe of your word. Father, I pray that you would use me, Lord, to speak truth. Father, help us today to be better communicators to one another, better communicators in the gospel of Christ. Help us, Lord, to exude the character of Christ, Father, in the way that we communicate with each other. Father, we know we, you have a word for us today, and I pray this morning, God, that you would help us to see what the Spirit is saying to the church. We anticipate a blessing. We anticipate transformation. We anticipate you coming to us in a very fresh way. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the Lord's presence. We are, I believe, and I say that very carefully, we are in the last installment of our series, a High Definition uh, Christianity. We have been exploring those values and those things which make us stand out as Christians for the past really uh, four weeks. We begin with 
uh, called to be different. We had uh, examined the text and understood that our calling to be different is something that we should embrace. That we're not to be like the world, but we're to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We talked about in the second week, we talked about the call to integrity. How all God's people, that we are called to raise the bar. That our integrity means something in the eyes of God. And when we walk in integrity, it sends a very strong message to the world that we're trying to reach. We also, in week three, we talked about the call to love your enemies. It's a subject that is not always popular, um, but the way that Christ wants us to treat those uh, that are, uh, who doesn't have our best interests at heart is vastly different than that of the world. And so he calls us to love our enemies. And so I thought we did an in-depth study on that. Um, and we really, uh, I believe, touched the heart of God as it relates to that. Last week, we dealt with the call to be generous. Um, Christians are supposed to be the most generous people on the planet. And people think of us, uh, they should think of us as givers because we understand more than anybody that the things of this world are passing away. And so everything that God gives us, we hold very loosely. And we're always willing, able, and ready to share this is the essence of who we are as believers. And we echo the fact that Christ, who died on a cross for our sins, God sent him. God gave us Christ, who is the very best. And nobody in here would disagree with that. The best gift that we could have ever gotten is Christ. And so today, I want to talk about the called to high-definition communication. I, as I began to prepare this message, I thought about some things when I was a child. And I don't so much hear it today, and it maybe is starting to date my age. I believe I'm getting a tad bit older. I still like to say that I'm a very young man. Um, the, um, we used to have a saying when I was a kid that sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. How many of you have ever remembered saying that? How many of you have ever said that when you were a kid? Truth be told, you knew you were lying when you said it. Because the reality of it is, words really do hurt. Um, some of you, perhaps, you have been battling in your life with some things, and perhaps you are where you are today as a consequence of what somebody spoke into your life. Um, perhaps you grew up in an abusive environment whereby all you heard was very, very negative talk. You heard things and words that caused you to have a low self-esteem, that caused you to have to battle with some things even today, yet God is graceful and yet God is merciful, but those words have long consequences. Words that people say, they mean something. Words that people say, they help shape us. I heard of a man who made this statement. One Christian writer, he wrote this. I have often regretted my speech, but not my silence. How many of you have said some things in your life and you love God and you've made some comments and you said some things and you wish that you could just take it back? It's like before the word can fully get out of your grasp, you're already reaching, trying to get it back. 
but it's a little bit too late. Because it's easy and natural for us to want to talk. As a pastor, I love to talk. And probably, um, I probably talk a little bit too much. I think most pastors would agree with that. But it doesn't negate from the fact that most of the time when I've gotten in trouble, it's been because of what I say with my mouth. Some of you are where you are today or you're not where you should have been because you flew off at the mouth. How do you know what I'm talking about? Maybe you went off on your employer. Maybe you went off uh, on somebody and you're in a relationship with them. You said some things that were very, very hurtful. And, and, and maybe you said some things that, that caused you not to be where you should be in the Lord. We're going to deal with that today. I really believe that this message will be life changing. It will not be one that perhaps you would jump, yell, and scream, but I bet you if you listen to this, if you listen to this today, your life will be changed forever. And apply, everybody say apply. apply. Apply these principles. Because the improper use of the tongue has caused many problems in our society. I mean, you know, it causes divorce, church splits. Bad relationships, serious marital problems, problems between mother and son, son and daughter, vice versa. Words, boys, they're so powerful. And yet we're always ready to aim and shoot. And I am convinced that if we ever learn to become better listeners, we'll become better communicators. I believe our society today have a deficit as it relates to listening. We don't like to listen because we really think that our opinion is what's really important. We like to think that we know what we're talking about, right? So you need to hear me. We got so crafty nowadays, we'll send you text. Well, I'm going to get you to read. That's why I, one of the reasons why I believe people like to text, because I know you'll hear me if I text you. Because if I'm standing there talking, you may just sort of zone me out. And so, and so we understand some things about the tongue. And we're going to talk about this, that a very small member of our body that I would surmise are probably the most powerful and has the most effect. Um, so then as a high definition Christian, how am I supposed to live in a culture that is very foul, in a culture that uses their tongue on a regular basis to slander, to gossip, to destroy, to tear down and not build up. As a Christian, I'm called to raise the bar as it relates to the way I communicate. You can communicate in such a way that people will look at you and say, wow, you are so different because you don't talk like everybody else. In fact, the words that you use, you're always building up, never tearing down. You want it to be said of you that you're a person that use your mouth wisely because you understand that what you say 
will not only have an effect here, but it follows you. Because how many know God listens to every word you say? In fact, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 12, Jesus said it this way. He says that every idle word that men speak will be called into judgment. He says every idle word, not the most, the most serious and profound ones. The, the ones that we think that nobody else hears. And, and how many know God hears everything that we say? He hears, uh, he hears our conversation. How many know that God, your, your conversations are bugged? Not by pastor. <laughs> But your conversations are bugged. Nothing escapes the ears of Almighty God. Nothing. He hears everything. And God is serious about this thing. In fact, as I was, I, I, I was so confused in my message because I had like 50 different ways I could have went with this. Because if you ever want to know anything about the tongue, I mean, just read the book of Proverbs. Oh, my goodness. Proverbs has a whole lot to say about your speech. And it's like, wow. Now watch. So let's look at James. That was my introduction. Look at James chapter number three. We're going to kind of, I want to try to speed this up because I have seven steps for you. And I don't want to keep you too long. Seven steps to becoming a high-definition communicator. And so before we get into our seven steps, let's look at what James says here now. James says, for brethren, let, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that you shall receive a stricter judgment. I believe that means a couple of things. Obviously, James is saying that where we're in a position of influence and weight, we, our words carry a lot of weight because people hear us. Some of you got places of influence. You have platforms away from the church even that when you say, when you speak and what you say, it carries weight. Also, James was obviously talking about those. I believe the direct context has to deal with those who are preachers and teachers of the gospel and the kingdom of God. God is saying that those who are teachers or those who have influence, they will receive a stricter judgment, right? So that's how James start this. He says, so there's more to whom much is given, much is what? Required. Now watch this. He says, now, for we all stumble in many ways. Watch this. If anyone does not stumble in word, everybody say word. He is a perfect man. That word perfect in the Greek means mature. So, so mark this down. Mature believers know how to control their tongue. Mature believers. If you say that you're mature and you don't know how to control your mouth, you're not. He said, we stumble in many ways, but if you want to be perfect, if you're going to be mature, you know how to use your tongue because God has taught you some things. Amen? Now watch. Let's keep going with this. I'm just going to bring out a couple of points. He says, he talks about the tongue it being very small but yet very powerful in verses 4 through 5. If you look at that, he says there in that verse, he says, see how great in verse five, the last portion of that verse, he says, now see how great a forest, a little fire kindles. Wow. 
I referenced this last week, but it's worth referencing again because it's within the borders of this message. And, you know, as I thought about the Arizona fires and, 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 and there's a tragedy that they lost uh, 19 firefighters. But you know how vast those fires are? But, you know, every fire is started by a little something. A little something, a little spark. Not anything big. And yet that little spark, guess what it does? It destroys thousands of acres, property. That little fire, that little thing has the capacity to destroy life around it. You must understand that the Bible likens your tongue to that. That thing in your mouth is a nuclear weapon if it's not used correctly. You can blow some things up with your tongue. You can blow your kids up. You can blow your spouse up. You can blow up stuff on your job. You have the capacity, if this thing is not tame, you have the capacity to blow some things up. Destroy lives around you. But just one little word. One little word. I started getting scared when I was studying for this message. Because you, we, we tend to forget. And, 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 and so all around us, we're talking about being high definition. Remember that. So all around us, we got people around us that loosely say things all the time. Don't think twice about it. And this thing is so powerful that it can destroy. Hiroshima ain't got nothing on this. Nothing. It's potent. It's powerful. But look at this. Here's another point. He says in verse number four. Look at this now. Uh, actually, verse number six. I had to put my glasses on because y'all know I can't see without my glasses. He says the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. Now, now understand the context here. The context that Paul, that, that James is using here is the context of a, a tongue that is improperly used. Okay? That's the context here. An untamed tongue. He says, now the tongue is the fire, a world of iniquity. Watch this. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. Watch this. And sets on fire the course of nature. Watch this. And it is set on fire by hell. Did y'all hear that? A tongue that is improperly used is motivated by and inspired by Hell itself. Hear that. How many know the devil loves it when you get mad and fly off at the mouth? Amen. He loves it when you lose control. He loves it when you curse people. He loves it when you talk about people. He loves it when you tear people down. How many know that's all demonic? God ain't got nothing to do with that. He said it's set on fire by hell. In other words, it's like Satan, the little puppet, is trying to pull your strings to get you to unravel your tongue. Because if I can get you to unravel your tongue, I'll get you one way or another. Mm, which makes it, it's, we, we have to be very careful with this thing. Because Satan uses our tongue and we don't even know it. How many know that Peter was being used by Satan and Peter didn't know it? Jesus looked at Peter and said, Peter, get thou behind me. 
Satan. And if I'm Peter, I'm sitting there, I'm talking about, what are you talking about, Satan? Why are you calling me Satan? How many know that the enemy is tricky that way? Because he wants, he wants us to be blind. You know, the, the Bible says that the children of God ought to be wise. Jesus, the book of Hosea says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. How many know we need to have some understanding about our tongue? Are y'all getting anything out of this this morning? Because there's a lot of quietness and maybe because you just want to be quiet now. You're learning not to talk. Just listen. But you can say amen. I release that in you. Say amen to pastor. When I tell the truth, say amen. amen. Now, he says, the fifth point I want to make with this is, watch this. He says, the tongue is unruly evil. Full, watch this, of deadly poison. That means that the tongue, if it's not tame, it is evil without bound. Unruly evil. Boy, this thing is evil to the max. And all kind of things can happen when the tongue is not used properly. Amen. I mean, all I mean, all hell literally will break loose. Y'all seen that. Perhaps when somebody got upset, somebody got angry at each other and they begin to use words. How you, you know what I'm talking about? And you set it off. Not because somebody punched you, not because somebody hit you, but because you. For me, it used to be if you talked about my mama, I won't knock your head off. For me, back in the day, talk about my mama. <sighs> talk about my mama, you know. We set it off. And so what we do to combat when somebody, affect, when somebody hurt us with words, what do we do in return? We hurt them back. And, and watch this. The world, and the world does it, and they know that what you say, they know that what they're about to say or what they say, they know they shouldn't have said it, but they, they release themselves and say, you know what, devil, take my tongue, I'm going to say it. And I imagine the devil must have a good time. Release my tongue and let it go. Well, we should be praying just the opposite. Now watch this. Look at Proverbs 18.21. Proverbs 18.21 says this. Very powerful verse. Very, very, I mean, this is so powerful. It says, life and death is in the power of the tongue. Life and death, it says, is in the power of of the tongue. In other words, what we say can create life, watch this, or it can create death. You have an option with your tongue. You can do one or two things with your tongue. Create life or create death. Now watch this. Let me give you some examples of death. Of using your tongue in a deathly way. Son, you will never be nothing. You're just like your daddy. You are no good. You are lazy. You are terrible. You are dot, 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 d
can do the same thing in our marriage. We get upset about our spouses. We can complain. And, and let, me, let, me, let, me, let me hasten to say this. For us married people here, and for those who will get married in the future, when you go and you complain in particular to other people about your spouse and their hangups, you're speaking death to your marriage. You will never hear me talk negatively. And my wife is not perfect and neither am I. But you will never, ever, ever in any context hear us slander each other. Never. And how many know there is no perfect marriage? I, there is no perfect marriage. We all have faults. But see, I speak to what I believe I want you to be. See? So I'm going to speak life. I'm going to speak life to my children. You can make it. You're going to succeed in life. You're going to go further than me. I believe in you. I trust you. The most powerful words I ever heard was from my former pastor who simply looked at me and said, I believe in you. Change my life. Because I never heard nobody ever tell me that. He says, I believe in you. He built me up in the most profound way. So we want to be people, watch this, that speak life. So how many know you want to speak life around you? Call those things that are not as though they what? Ah, so I'm going to speak life because I'm on the side of God. I'm on the side of God when I speak that way. Now watch this. Seven steps to becoming a high-definition communicator. We won't be long with this. Number one, I kind of said this, but let me just give it to you again. Number one, the seven steps to becoming a high-def communicator. Number one, use words that affirm and build up. You know, if you're about to say something and you, here's one of the things that I've tried to learn with my own life. If what I'm about to say is not going to serve a real purpose in making things better, how many know that we probably should keep it? Amen. If you know that what you're going to say is going to tear down, and how many know if you walk with God a little bit, the Holy Spirit will put a check in you before you say what you're about to say. And you know you probably shouldn't say it. But you know, you keep disobeying the Holy Spirit like that, you can, you can get to a point where you can become callous. Because God is never going to force you to do anything. He's a gentle spirit. Amen? So here's the thing. So Ephesians 4, 29 says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Not none. But what is good and necessary for edification. So here's why I want to ask myself a question. Am I going to build up right now? I know I'm upset. I know I'm mad. But and what I'm going to say right now, is it going to help the situation? If you can't say yes in affirmative, then it's probably a good thing to zip it up and save it. Number two, uh, before I say that, uh, you know, we ought to be a bridge builder, amen, and peacemaker. Everywhere you go, you're a bridge builder. That's what makes you high definition. You don't tear people down. You never ever, you don't take an opportunity to tear people down. You know why? Because God died for them and they're made in his image. So I don't tear you down because to tear you down, I'm offending the spirit of God. I can't do that. How? Two. I want to be a high-def communicator. I got to avoid the use of profanity. That's a big one. Oh, boy, that's a big one, isn't it? 
The Bible says in James 3.10, stay with me, out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. <laughs> My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Now, I live in an, I live, I work in an environment, I don't live in an environment. I work in an environment where there's profanity all around me. As a police detective, I hate to say it, I wish I could tell you, and I remember having to wrestle uh, with, you know, doing interrogations as a police detective. I've been a police detective since 2000. And so, and I remember when I first became a detective and I began to pray because I didn't, all, all the, the good detectives that got confessions, they always used profanity. And so I remember wrestling with that for a little bit, like, Lord, I mean, what am I supposed to do? And I, and I decided, and I got counsel, and I spoke to my pastor about this, and I, and I said, you know what, I'm going to be a person of integrity, and I'm going to interrogate the way in a way that is godly. I'll be forthright, I'll be truthful, and, but I won't curse. And let me tell you something, God bless me. I am known, if anybody, if you talk to any one of my colleagues that work with me, I am known for being a very good interrogator. I can sit you down, I can get you to confess to me. Somebody over there laughed, but I can get you to do it. <laughs> Not because of me, but because God blessed me. Because I decided that, that I'm going to take the high road because the people that are watching that screen who are in that other room, I want them to see a man of God do it God's way. Amen. I'm not going to use profanity. Some of you in the military, I know y'all get it all the time. You're around it. But last I checked, watch this, there's nothing in your policy to say that you must use profanity to be effective. Amen. You have a choice. The Bible says, Paul, James said, blessing and cursing, I'll not come in and say, I'll not come out of the same mouth. And listen to me when I say this. So here we are up here. We come to the house of God and we worship God and we say, God, I love you. God, I praise you. God, you're awesome. And guess what, we, what mouth we're doing it out of? This one right here. Then we turn right back around, get on I-95 and act like we don't even know the Lord. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So if my mouth is pure, how many know my mouth, your mouth is pure, amen? You have a pure, you have a, a holy mouth, amen? And so the way that you use your mouth, listen, I don't want to pervert this because I bless God with, this, with these lips. Amen. I praise God with these lips. I don't want, I don't even, let me tell you something, I don't even cuss when I'm being flippant. I don't even cuss when I just want to make a point. I don't let it come out of my mouth. Because you know why? I'm a man of God. And I'm a high definition communicator. Hallelujah. I ain't using, you don't get no cursing about me. Come on somebody, say amen. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. Watch this, number, number three, we gotta keep moving. Number three, refuse, here's another one. We got seven steps, refuse to participate, promote gossip, everybody say gossip. There is nothing that is more um, aggravating to me, probably any pastor, any godly leader. Hey, gossip. Let me read to you what gossip is. I did a little bit extra study on this subject as it relates to our broader context of our message. The word gossip defined is this. This is how you define gossip. It's the Hebrew word translated gossip in the Old Testament is defined as one who reveals secrets. One who goes about as a tear bearer or a scandal monger. You ever known people that every time they show up is always a scandal? 
You ever notice that with some people, it's like every time they're around, it's always a scandal. Somebody's upset, somebody's mad, voices are raised. Every time I turn, yeah, drama. Every time I turn around, it's like, man, every time, every, every, we were fine until you showed up. <laughs> a gossiper is a person who has privileged information about people and proceed to reveal that information to those who have no business knowing it. Malicious gossip is slander. Gossip has to do when we slander somebody else's character. The intent, here's the intent, watch this. The intent, oftentimes, gossipers often have the goal of building themselves up by making others look bad and exalting themselves as some kind of repositories of knowledge. Here's the type of information that they share. Gossipers speak of the faults, watch this, and the failings of others. You hear that? This is what gossip do. They, they, they highlight, they talk about the faults and the failings of others. They don't keep it to themselves. They want to go share it. They want to go spread it. Watch this. Or reveal potentially embarrassing or shameful details regarding the lives of others without their knowledge or approval. Even if they mean no harm, it is still gossip. Now, here's what the word of God says about gossip. I'm going to give you a couple of verses. Proverbs 16, 28. A perverse man sows strife and a whisperer or a gossiper separate the best of friends. Gossipers are divisive. They divide people. They don't bridge build. They divide. They're divisive in their character. Paul's speaking to the Romans about the characteristics of a person that is wicked. He says this, being filled with all unrighteousness and sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of evil, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness, they are, watch this, gossipers and backbiters. In other words, they attack people behind their backs because they're not courageous enough and spirit-filled enough to confront them in their face. Matthew 18 is in the Bible for a reason, amen? amen. If you got a problem with somebody, I mean, you, know, you ought to go and talk with them and say, look, let's, 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 let's hammer this out. Because you're high definition. And how many know that on your job all the time, you hear gossiping all the time, don't you? People slandering people, talking about the boss. Talk, and you sitting there, watch this now. And, and you sit there, if you're not careful, you start saying, yep, 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 they're doing, yep, yep, I agree with that, I agree with that, yep, 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 yep. You're not helping, you're participating in it. Why don't you step aside and say, well, he's the boss. If that's the way he wants to do it, I don't necessarily agree with it, but so what? He's the boss. He calls the shot. He gives my paycheck. I'm moving on with it. Unless he did something illegal or asked me to do something illegal, do whatever you want to do. My supervisor, every supervisor, they never had an issue out of me. Never. Because I tell them straight up, I said, anything you want, I want to do, I'm, you're not going to get anything out of me, and I'm not going to participate in slandering and gossiping about you. I'm not going to do it. Why? Because I'm scared of God. And I know that I'm accountable to him. Amen. And I know he, he got my conversation bug. Amen. I mean, you're talking about bug. I mean, God bugging your conversation, that's deep. <laughs> I mean, he got some equipment. <laughs> Talking about somebody, Americans upset because the government listening on your conversation. Really? <laughs> Guess who's more potent than the government listening to your conversations? And they can take it a whole lot. He can take it a whole lot.
further than what the government can do. We hope. All right. Number four. Watch this. When sharing your faith, do it respectfully. 1 Peter 3.15, sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you for the reason, for the hope that is in you. Now, let me say this, because if you're a high definition Christian, you are sharing your faith, right? Right? You're sharing your faith. But watch this. If I share my faith with a Muslim, and I will share my faith, I will never, ever disrespect him or her. How do you know that as a Christian, the Bible says, in, in, in this same verse, it says, do it. Watch this. It says, for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear or with gentleness and respect. How many know we ought to always be respectful in our conversation? Amen. I may not agree with you. I can defend my faith without me having to demean you and look at you and tell you your faith will send you straight to hell. And sometimes we say that with a level of pride. Like, like you know, and we just drive home the point. I can tell you you're going to hell nicely Amen. and respectfully. And, but, but I don't use that light because I don't want nobody to go there. Everything that God did, everything that, everything that he does, he did, the hell was not created for humans. It was created for the devil and his angels. It wasn't created for us. He's not willing that any should perish, but all have life. That's the heart of God. So you know what? I'm going to be respectful. I'm going to love you. And the way I communicate to you, even when I talk about my faith, I'm going to respect you. And I can look you in the face and say, I respect you. I disagree with you, but I respect your opinion. How many know we'd be better for that than being the other way around? In people's face, yelling and screaming at them. I've known people to do that. And I'm going to tell you something. It ain't good because I've seen people go at each other's throats. And how many know nobody wins in a situation like that? Jesus, the Bible says, by his loving kindness, God has drawn us. I mean, you came to God because you realized how much he loved you. Amen. You came to God because you saw his love and you said, oh, gosh, I got to have that. This is loving kindness. What number are we? Five. Number five, do not lie in your speech. Everybody say, don't lie. Don't lie. Ephesians 4.25 said, therefore, put away lying. Y'all know what that means, right? Put away lying. Put away means put it away. Don't do it. <laughs> don't even Joke do it. Watch this. Listen, listen. If I'm going to be a high definition Christian, right, I don't want people to get the wrong impression of me. I'm very, very careful when I'm around people who don't know God or who don't have a relationship with Christ in particular. Right. And so we got to be careful. I know sometimes when we get caught in something. But you know what makes us different as Christians is that when we get caught, we don't lie. We just tell the truth and say, yeah, you got me. I'm guilty of it. That's me. How many know that if people see that, they'd be like, man, you, you really, so you don't lose anything like that when you're a person of integrity. You don't lose. But boy, you lose if you get caught in a lie and you was lying. Boy, that's a bad testimony. Christians, you're, you're saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, believer. You go to church on Sunday and you come in here and you're lying. How many know the Bible says Satan is a father of lies? Y'all know what that means? It all started with him. And, 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 and none of God's children should be lying. Amen. So we don't lie with our mouth. Stop lying. Tell the truth. Even watch this. If it hurts you. If it hurts you, tell the truth. Why? You know why? Because God will bless you for it. God will always honor you when you honor his word. Always. God honors his word. When you do what you do because God's word says it, God says, I got to get behind them. Even though they blew it, they were honest about it. So I'm going to still bless them. And some people will get mad at you because they see you blessed. 
you know, they say, well, you should have been this. Well, you should. But how many know that we're all recipients of God's grace? Nobody here got the corner on the grace of God. When God decided to bless, he decides to bless. Be a person of integrity. Be a person of honesty. Amen. Don't lie. Number, number six, don't spread rumors. Now, this kind of goes with the gospel. I'll just do this in here because here's what I want you to understand. That every now and then you would hear somebody come up to you. Now, y'all be a witness for me. And they'll say, did you hear? Did, did you? What, 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 what? And there's something about the human nature that want to hear all the bad. I'm not talking about, hey, did you hear? We've been praying for brother, brother, brother Sean, and, and we've been praying to God to heal him. He had a disease, and God healed him. Oh, really? Yeah, we don't do that. We want to, we want to, talk, we want to spotlight the, the junk, the dirt. Did you hear? I'm going to tell you right now, you come walking up to me like that, I'm going to look at it and say, no, I didn't, and don't get out of my face. Why I say that? Because I don't want to be spreading something and somebody's, repu watch, somebody's reputation is on the line. Amen. I don't know about you, but I spent a lot of years building my reputation. And, and I, don't want, I don't want something getting out there that's not true. And I don't want people spreading stuff. Look, don't, you're a high-definition Christian. Somebody want to get in there. You don't get into all that. You just leave it alone. Just walk away from it. I ain't, no, I want to keep my anointing. I want to stay in the place where God wants me to be. I am not going to participate in spreading rumors. You ain't getting it from me. Hey, Pastor, did you? No. Gary, did you? No, no, no. I tell you what, I don't know anything about that. You need to go talk to somebody else. I'm, I'm, I'm busy about my father's business. I, he sent me here to do a job. I'm going to do my job. And I'm not going to be vulnerable and slander people or pass along rumors. Amen? Number seven. This is the last one. Be slow to speak and quick to listen. How many of you would say today, honestly, Pastor, I need to talk a little bit less. I'd be the first one to put my hand up. I'll help y'all. The rest of y'all who ain't put your hand up, just let me, just, we need to talk, because I need to figure out how you do it. There's a reason why it says in James 1, 9, 1, 19, so then, beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. All right? Slow to speak. So here's, here's, here's a good practice for us. Learn how to talk a lot less. The average person, the average person uses about 10 to 15,000 words a day. Average. That's a lot, of, a lot of talking. I think that if we become, the Bible says even in Proverbs, even a fool is counted wise when he keeps his mouth shut. You know, it's something about being quiet and not flying off at the mouth and just waiting. See, mature people, that's what they do. Mature people, they don't talk too quick. They just sit back and they wait. And so when they speak, they have something profound to say because they truly listened. So they know how to answer for every season. They have a word for every season. You know why? Because they listen. They didn't just fly off at the mouth. How do you know the nine times out of 10, you fly off at the mouth, you're going to get it wrong in most cases. Come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You get it wrong. And so, so what are the seven steps to becoming a high-definition communicator? What is the first one? Who, 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 who took notes? What was the first one? Second one? Third one? Don't y'all let Brother Jeff show y'all up. Four? Five? Six? Seven? Wow, look at that. 
That brother kid, I'm gonna put him up on the front row next week. You gonna come right up here, and, cause he got it. Now that's one brother. Right, I'm gonna tell you right now. Don't go to him with no foolishness, cause he got it. Amen. He got it. So I want to encourage you this morning. Be a high definition communicator. Don't do. Don't participate in gossip. Learn how to stay. Keep your mouth and just stay quiet before the Lord, and let the Lord fill your mouth before you speak. Amen. And, if, 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 and take my mama's advice. If you don't have anything good to say about somebody, don't say nothing at all. Just shut it up. That, you know, mamas say that, but that, that's really biblical. They just got that out of the word. They just made their own, they said it in their own way. So we need to be people that think differently in that regard. Amen? Amen. Amen. Every head is bowed, your eyes closed. Father, we thank you this morning for your word of truth. God, we, we ask you, Lord, to forgive us. God, for those moments and those times, God, where we have spoken ill-advised and we spoke in ways that tore people down and not build them up. God, forgive us, Lord, for how we've spoken at times to our spouse, even to our children at times, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, for times when we've repeated something that we shouldn't have repeated and we knew that you told us not to do it, and yet we did it anyway. God, forgive us for that. And God, will you please help us? If you're sitting here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I want to give you an opportunity to receive him today because he loves you so much. You know, we come here every Sunday and we assume that everybody has made a decision to follow Christ. And we don't know that for certain. We know it in a lot of cases, but... In reality, God knows our hearts. I say, Pastor, I'm not certain that if I die today that I will spend eternity in heaven. In fact, Pastor, I'm not sure about my eternity. I need help. I need you to pray for me because I want to make a decision for Christ today. If that's you today and you say, I want to give my life to Jesus, if that's you, please slip your hand up. I want to pray with you. Jesus is ready to accept you. He says, today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Please don't harden your hearts. Hallelujah. If you're here this morning and we're about to take communion, this would be a good time to confess your sins that you've done with your mouth before we take communion. So for those the Holy Spirit has convicted, I want you to take a moment and examine your heart and repent before God. I want you to do that because the Holy Spirit wants to fill our mouths with good things. He wants to restore. He wants to build up because the other negative side to this is that when we speak negatively about others, oftentimes we do it back to ourselves. So take a moment before we take communion and I want you to examine your heart and I want you to repent in your heart. If the Holy Spirit dials your number, don't resist it. Just say, Lord, I, I've been reckless with my mouth. I've been careless with my mouth. I have not been a bridge builder. I've torn things down and I want to change today. Just take a moment and repent before the Lord.
Amen. Well, communion is for believers and those who have accepted Christ. If you're a believer this morning, you know Jesus as your Savior, we want you to partake in communion this morning. We're going to have the ushers to direct you. We need an usher back here. Amen. So that we can, and I think the way we're going to do it is we're going to start on my right or left. All right. So I can have this side come up and uh, serve yourselves and then go back to your chair and we'll take communion together. Let's stand to our feet, everybody, please. served for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed he took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it he said take eat this is my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me shall we take it together same manner he took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood his blood that will never lose his power that blood that saved us and covered every one of our sins that same blood that bring us into eternal dwellings that blood the blood of Jesus which will never lose his power he says, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Father, we thank you for your body. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. Father, when we, when we drink of this cup, Lord, let there be a purifying grace that will come over us. 
God, as we purpose in our hearts to use words that build one another up, that strengthen and encourage. God, we covenant afresh, Lord, to be a people that communicate with one another for your glory. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Shall we drink together? Amen, amen. Just pass those to wherever you find an usher. Some it will be on your left. Some will be on your right. Amen. Amen, amen. Come on, give God a praise if that word helped you this morning. We always praise the Lord for his word, amen? amen. And here's what, I, here's what I want you to do. I want you today to find somebody after service and, and just say something to encourage them, build them up. Every person you see, just shake hands and just compliment them. Say, in fact, I was thinking, you know, Sister Bree, she, they've only been here for a short time. But let me tell you something, you need encouragement, you need to go see that woman right there. Amen. There's an encourage, she have an, encourage, an encouraging grace on her life. And she's a builder of things with her words. And God's gonna use you mightily. You're a great inspiration to the people of God. Keep walking in that. But we need to be encouragers, encourage one another, build up each other. Go out of this room and, and fathers talk well to your kids. Mom, talk well to your daughters and your sons. Just go and find somebody and bless them. You know why? Because if you, somebody been waiting all week for somebody to tell them something good. Well, today is your day. Amen. Come on, let's stretch our hands to the Lord. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his throne of grace. Father, to you be glory, dominion, and power, now and forevermore. Fill our mouths with the praises of God. Fill our mouths with peace and joy. Fill our mouths with good things, hallelujah, with good things that Jesus might be glorified. We love you and we praise you. And all God's people said amen. Amen. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. God bless you. We'll see you next week.